And we're off, folks. Back with the next episode of The Relevance. Seth, <laughs> what's, what's been going on, dude? Uh, I've been working. Um, I've been brewing. Uh, I've been shooting guns. Nice. I've been living the redneck lifestyle. Hell yeah. You know? Man. Yeah. It's, uh, it's how it's been going. I'm really, this might be an interesting little tidbit. Mm. Um, I'm really trying to find this obscure Swedish uh, turn-of-the-century semi-automatic shotgun. Ooh, what's it, a, what's it called? I'm going to butcher this, and I apologize to none of our Swedish viewers, since we don't have <laughs> any. Um, it's called a Sjögren. Oh, oh, is that is that the one that uses inertia to reload? Yeah, yeah, the Sjögren okay. inertia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it seems like the entire chamber moves back instead of just oh, the yeah. bolt, which is so it's like fucking it's sliding weird. on a rail or something. It's really interesting. Yeah, I, I tried so hard to find this thing that I was Googling. I, I found it eventually mm-hmm. by Googling the words Sjögren inertia uh for sale in swedish and i <laughs> found it i finally fucking found it the auction ends on i think it's like may f- may 8th or something like that what's it going for so far um 222 euros uh which That's in not bad. real money is like so <laughs> keep in mind and real money is about 260 bucks That's amazing it's expected to go up to about like four hundred dollars which is still a steal is there an import uh, tax or is it already here uh it's in sweden still uh, uh okay. and it's going to cost me um three thousand krona to get it over here which in real money is a hundred three hundred and sixty dollars okay, and that's not including ffl fees or shipping itself that's just the administrative fees oh yikes so we're looking at like 800 plus i i'm 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 trying to save up 1500 I'm willing to pay that much for this gun. You cannot find this thing it's dope, anywhere. Though, dude. It and is a cool no ass gun. No one have anything like it, no matter where you go. Yeah, no. Evan will be like, "What the fuck is that thing? Why do you have that?" <laughs> wasn't that wasn't that one in Battlefield One? It was one of the ones in Battle. I, I was, and that's actually how I found it. I was thinking about getting the 1900 because it's a cheap gun. Um, but also it's side by side, which isn't great for what I use it for, which is skeet shooting. Mm. Um, so. I started looking at some of the other ones in there because I thought they were aesthetically pleasing. Um, and I kind of came down between the A5, which is way cheaper and way more readily available, the Remington A5. Nice. Um, and it's a good-looking gun. Uh, but I got a friend who's got uh, the Model 11, which is almost identical to it. I don't yeah. want to feel like I'm copying him. <laughs> so it's just like, okay, time for a uh, very obscure uh, Swedish gun. <laughs> Dude, yeah, getting like an old World War One or World War Two bolt action, I could definitely find that as my first gun. That'd be tight. Oh, dude, those are those are World War Two is so cheap. Yeah, I like that. So cheap. How much do you think the Lee Enfield goes for? Enfields are going to be more expensive. Enfields and Grands, but I'd say that's. Pr- I can look it up in a second. I'd say probably about six hundred dollars is where you're going for, which is not bad. That's reasonable. a good. Reasonable. That's reasonable. Mos Nagant. I don't. I think they sell for about two hundred dollars now. Okay. Um, the ones that the Russians used. Yeah. Uh, because I I know you used to be able to buy like crates just full of bulk Mosins from back in the day. Yeah, they would cost like seventy five dollars. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. prices have gone up steadily, and currently prices for guns are at like an all time high in the U.S. I heard there might be a boost in ammunition production, so things might not be. Yeah too ridiculous but definitely more than they were five years ago ammunition was ammunition currently is fucking insane man it's crazy it's so it's so expensive yeah it's like you go out for a day of shooting you're like oh wow i spent like 50 bucks to shoot for two hours yeah 
And yeah. the already, you already own the gun. Yeah, you know? even bringing your own stuff, it's like, <laughs> this is getting expensive. I, have, I came up with something when I was in the bathroom. I was thinking about Austin Powers. I came up with the question, what are some of the funniest movies that wouldn't fly in today's era? Like movies that, not concepts or movies, but movies that actually existed already. You can even go off concept. Uh, well, I mean, in, just in terms of ones that already off, off concept, she's the man. You ever, no, 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 no. Joanna Man is what it was called. You ever see that? You ever no. see that movie? No. I forgot who the actor was, but the entire premise is that this guy, for whatever reason, has to play women's basketball. So he dresses up as a woman and it's just something that <laughs> would not fly in today's era. I or, know nobody can see my facial expression, but it's <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> that would not work. Dude, or white chicks. Would that movie fly? I don't like it's maybe. Yeah. It would it would it would definitely get some sort of controversy about it. Someone would be mad. Yeah, somebody would <laughs> just, be. Granted, that's just sort of like, that's like the law of Twitter. Somebody will be mad. Uh, just, <laughs> dude, what a wasteland. That's just a given. I don't understand the appeal of Twitter. I don't know what you do on there. Dude, I don't use social media whatsoever. I, the only one I have is Reddit. There's no point. I mean, I mean, yeah, Reddit's cool because you can engage in specific communities, but uh, if I'm going to... I don't know if I'm going to have a conversation with someone, I'd, I'd just rather text them. You know, I don't need to, yeah. I don't need to splay my mind out for all of the internet to see. It's like, <laughs> I mean, I just seems don't, like a bad idea. I just don't have an ego big enough to facilitate that. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. it you right? realize the irony of the fact that we have a podcast and we're talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. By the way, folks, we're spewing out our opinions all over the internet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's just there's something very narcissistic with a with a with especially Twitter post, you know. Yeah. It's like, do you you're really just going to say something and you expect anyone to care? I mean, call me crazy. That just sounds ridiculous. I mean, me. we don't expect anyone to care, hence the name of the podcast. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, the thing with the podcast is we aren't we, this isn't conversation we wouldn't have otherwise no we're literally we're just, just recording us hanging out that's literally it. it's like <laughs> we had all these great conversations before and we're like we might as well just put this on tape yeah <laughs> like, why not yeah this is all we do so <laughs> yeah yeah i feel like that's a much better way to go about things i don't know there's there's good podcasts that have like a specific point to them you know like dan carlin's hardcore history you know stuff like that yeah absolutely i mean there's sort of like a there's a spectrum between complete disorganization and and very rigid i granted i don't think i've ever found anything that was very rigid and structural maybe like an npr podcast oh yeah yeah that would be that but that's, that's just, just the news yeah it's just journalism it's yeah like, i mean yeah. i guess that counts as a podcast but by that same logic i mean how far away would like fox be from a podcast you know that's a good point i mean tim pool's podcast is just his episodes from the day Oh, is it really? Yeah, just all stringed together into one. That's a lazy podcast. I mean, if if you are at work all day and you can't, you don't have time to watch the video. Actually, that's you true. You can catch up on all the news on your way back home. You know, so that's there's true. A, there's a market for it. You know, yeah, that sort of just makes me think of like you know, when I can't watch a game, I'll catch it on the radio if I'm like driving or something. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. sort of the equivalent to that. I guess news on the radio is already a thing. I just, I just <laughs> <Yeah>. don't care. <laughs> Dude, like, like baseball commentary over the radio has been around for like a hundred years now. Just solid. Yeah. Yeah. And they do a good job of it. You know, you understand 
pretty much like you were watching. Football is kind of harder than that because it's a lot to yeah. explain in the yeah. time you have given to explain it. Yeah, like, and then then like baseball, it's like oh he hit the ball, didn't hit the ball, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and there's a couple different ways you could not hit the ball. But Dude, why do people watch golf? Like real talk, why do people watch? Golf, depression, self loathing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's 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 strange to me. It's like there's not much going on there. I could play golf. I can appreciate how nice the drone shots are over the over the course, but that's not worth watching TV for. I mean, it. it I could play golf and you know be entertained by it. I couldn't watch somebody else golf. Because it's not particularly fun. What would be weirder, watching golf on TV or going to the course to watch it in person? Because there aren't stadiums either. It's just you stand there. You're just standing with no shade, just in the middle of a grass field. I can't think of any other sport like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only one. It's Yeah, it's it's odd to me. Yeah. No, it's very weird. Like, if, if you heard Tiger Woods was in town, would you go watch him? Hit the ball? No, but I might. And then walk like half mile <laughs> and then hit it again? <laughs> you think he walks? He yeah, gets, yeah, in, that's, he gets that's, in a golf cart. That is the most ridiculous The miniature part. car named for the sport that he plays. It true. is a sport where you don't have to walk. Yeah. I mean, so is NASCAR. Okay. Yeah, but it's racing. It's different. Yeah, it, you know, yeah, like the whole thing different. is being in the car. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Golf is a weird one to me. I'm I'm just I'm not a golfer, to be to be honest. I'm not really a golfer. I've, I've gone, gone mini, mini golfing. <laughs> it's fun when you're hammered with your boys at Ocean City. <laughs> but <laughs> Or if you're a kid and Oh yeah, dude. Life is boring anyway. Dude, what's your favorite what's your favorite like little trick piece of a mini golf course? I love the loop de loop. Because you can just whack it and it really <laughs> sticks to the side and just goes for it. It's nice. I'm trying to think. Um, Do the challenge to the challenge at the end where you got to get into the hole and there's all those areas where it can fall off and you won't get your ball back. But if you hit the ball, the ball, the hole, <laughs> you get the ball back. <laughs> if you, you hit your ball, that's a pretty low bar. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen one of those? Though? No, I've never seen that before. That's why I was kind of looking at you confused. Yeah, the golf, the mini golf place, maybe like five, ten miles up the street from my house, they have this last obstacle where if you get the ball ball into the hole, either, it's been a while since I went there, it's either you get the ball back and you can play again or something like that. There's some prize to be made at the end. Oh, oh, okay. Of course, most people just whack it and totally miss, but. Yeah, because it's it's mini golf. Who takes mini golf? Yeah, I was always, honestly, I was more interested in the batting cage there. It's like a batting cage mini golf kind of place you know okay okay dude, batting cages that. are fun i've never actually been in a batting cage Ooh, dude it's I, even though i watch baseball i have never played baseball i uh, made a wooden bat um just wait, because what? i like to work with wood on a lathe yeah like, dude that's lathes are so cool yeah that's oh yeah so, dude it's so fun how oh, you can just man. leave it there and it just becomes a new shape i yeah, love dude. that shit just spinning and you introduce like a single fingernail and just the whole thing starts to shred <laughs> it's so tight dude yeah it's kind of like adult play-dohs it is it's like you added add an element of danger to playing with play-doh dude that's something i i really want when i have my own house and everything i want like a wood shop just place to make things, you know, any, any ridiculous idea that comes across my mind, just cook it up real quick. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Dude, metal casting. That's so dope. It's so dope. You would need some expensive equipment for, I mean, like, oh, yeah. I don't disagree. Dope. <laughs> dope. 
but you would need some expensive equipment because I work in a factory that does metal casting. Oh yeah, it's that shit is not easy. Do I saw this last night? I saw this new automated induction kind of melting thing they're using for scrap, and it looked really cool. Huh. I was like, I was like, oh, uh, next time I buy uh, an aluminum factory, I might just use this. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I was impressed. I was impressed. Yeah. Okay. The thing that and the, this is. I know this is a Simpsons episode. I just don't watch the Simpsons, so I don't know which one because that's just what the Sim- Simpsons is to our culture. Um, there's this one Simpsons episode where Bart like gets like a factory just so he can skateboard in it. Nice. And when I'm walking around my factory, I'm always or my fact the factory I work in. Um, I wish I owned it. Uh, I, I always think like, man, if I had a longboard right now, I could get places so much faster. Dude, abandoned factory. Honestly. Oh, there was a kid around here. It would be tight to buy one to just make it into a skate park. There was actually a kid who was doing that in one of the, because there's a lot of abandoned factories in Ellicott City. Yeah. Uh, There was a kid who was doing that, and it was there for like, it'd been there since like the 80s or 70s or something. Whoa. Um, But the kid like fell through some hole or something, died. They tore down the whole factory. There's just like a flat plane where the factory used to be now. Yikes. It's weird as shit. Damn, yeah. Dude, here's a, here's a question I asked our friend Ted, uh, maybe last week or whatever. I asked him, why do blacksmiths, both, both in entertainment media and in real life, always tend to have really long beards? I think it's like considered to be a masculine profession. It is. sort of expresses that. But it's also a major workplace hazard when you're standing over hot fire all day. <laughs> yeah, because it also has grease in it, which is it's like, look, Very I, get, I get you're going for the whole dwarven armor smith <laughs> aesthetic, but you don't need to burn your face off to do it. You still look cool just being jacked and hitting metal all day. Yeah. I mean, you it's didn't need the be beard. Women. Yeah. Yeah. It's just they're just trying to look as masculine as possible, you know? Yeah. It's like you you couldn't do that working at Subway, but I guess you can when you stand over an open <laughs> fire all day. Well, I, working at Subway, imagine you have to wear like a reverse hairnet. Oh, yeah. A beard net. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> there's got to be some oh. hipster towns out west that have just beard hair nets <laughs> for the employees of <laughs> like Starbucks. In, like in Portland, they give, you know, when you when you start working there, they give you one, even if you're a woman, because, you know, they don't want to assume. Dude, Portland. Oh, man. The city that had, how many days of it was uh, of continuous riots? It was like 100 straight. Just throwing fires and like Molotovs and stuff at the police station. Yeah, and they were, like, shining lights in the police officer's eyes. That is the most white privilege I've ever seen. Yeah. People who think they can kick cop cars and just harass police and they think they'll get away with it. That's privilege beyond all belief, dude. That's insane to me. Well, I'm just saying, if you went to Baltimore and you did that, I don't care what race you are, you're going. (laughs) I mean, you're not not even going to jail because the jails are full up. You're getting your ass whooped. They're just beating you there in the street. And you know who's going to say something about it? No one. <laughs> Assuming there's any officers left, man. You hear there's been, like, just massive shortages of officers all across the U.S., right? Well, I mean, you also heard about what happened in Baltimore where any nonviolent crime is decriminalized, including selling drugs. Oh, yeah, and prostitution. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's nonviolent. You know what's really funny? I wrote this down for the notes for the for the episode. That's exact. I can't spoil. I can't spoil anything. Okay. Okay, Seth, did you know that Pluto is only one sixth the mass of our moon? It's still a planet. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. 
the six a sixth the mass of our moon. I guess the moon's a planet. <laughs> it's <laughs> tiny, dude. It's so tiny. I don't. I I have an irrational emotional attachment to the moon. Why? Or to the <laughs> to, Why? Pluto, to, to Pluto. I guess I also have an attachment to the moon. <laughs> Why? Well, because like, when I was when I was a kid. I learned an acronym that I can't remember anymore. The switch happened in 2006. That's when Pluto was first declared not a planet. And I remember it. I was, what, eight? You were, what, you're one year my senior? Yeah, so it'd be like nine. Nine, maybe ten at the time. Yeah, so it's like, you know, I still learned that Pluto was a planet, and when they disqualified it, I was like, oh, but it was the tiny little planet. It was I feel cute. like the... Like the first scientist to come out with that was in 2006, but it didn't really pick up speed until like 2008 or nine. Well, there was some scientific council that officially because it wasn't it, it didn't clear its neighborhood was yeah. the issue. Yeah. yeah, which is like it's not a planet, <laughs> but like it's a planet. You know, <laughs> Dude, what do you think of Planet X? Uh, it's not real. Uh, I don't know. There's a there's a lot of space out there. I guess it depends on what what determines something to be a planet, you know? Because if Pluto isn't a planet, probably no planet X. Do you, um, do you know about the original name suggestion for Neptune? <laughs> what was it? Um, and I could be getting this wrong. Um, you know, I remember what it was. Uh, the original suggested name was Herschel. Imagine if there was just like planet, planet Herschel that just had <laughs> A dude's name. <laughs> yeah. And then somebody else suggested, well, George after George, I think the fifth. The planets kind of do have a, just a dude's name. Like yeah, but some, Pluto or Saturn or Neptune. Well, okay, they're they're mythological it's gods. It's a name of antiquity. It, they're mythological gods. Ma- imagine a planet named Timmy. <laughs> well, the, that, one of the other suggestions for Neptune was George. Oh, my God. Jo- after one of the kings, but still, George. It's that's, like, <laughs> it's that, like we a, have Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus. George, Pluto. <laughs> what a weird naming uh, naming system. Yeah, yeah. Because it's better than Uranus. Yeah, and what's it's also better than planets that have just like numbers. Well, yeah, but that's because we don't really give that much of a shit about them other than recording. Like a thing that I've always thought about, and then, like I said, every podcast this comes up. Um, a thing that I've always hated about like the Star Wars naming practices is how they'll be like, it's certain planet three. It's like nobody would ever want to be from that planet. Yeah. No one would number their planet. I would never be like, oh, I live on Earth 2. Yeah. Wasn't Yavin 4 the forest moon of Endor? Yeah. Yeah, that's a little weird. Yeah, and Endor was a gas giant, wasn't it? I believe so. Yeah, that's why they lived on the moons and not on the planet. They'd be a little hard to live <laughs> on the planet in it's that like case. You couldn't stand on it, you couldn't breathe, and you'd be crushed instantly. <laughs> Dude, you know, I, I heard this really interesting thing about colonizing Venus. How there's there's actually, in between the super thick toxic gas and the super irradiated high altitude, there's like a nice Goldilocks zone where our atmosphere, the mix that we have on Earth, is just enough to keep a ship afloat. Yeah, so I've heard about float, this too. And you could breathe the floating material. But it's like an airship. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. It'd be yeah. like it'd be like Bespin, be Cloud City. Yeah, I when I've I've heard like people talking about like theoretical like steampunk cities. Because mm. uh, you could also technically, with enough time pumping in enough gas, you could make the atmosphere of Venus livable. And 
I mean, more livable than you could make Mars because Mars oh. is significantly smaller than Earth. Dude, to change to change an atmosphere that's already there versus to produce an entirely new one, it's relatively easy. And also, yeah. I think you'd be like sixty percent of your current weight on Mars because it's so much smaller than us. Whereas yeah. Venus is almost exact. I mean, you'd be like, I think you'd be a little bit lighter on Venus, but not really noticeably. So it's just like Dude, long jump competitions. There's some fair. good scientific predictions that Venus not too long ago, was rather Earth-like. But what we see is a result of runaway greenhouse gas effects, not unlike what we're doing to the Earth right now. Yeah, I mean, that If you seems... keep building up methane and, and all that other stuff, you end up with a Venus. So, I'm not trying to sugarcoat global warming, uh, but sort of a silver lining is, mm. have you heard about how there's actually, like, uh, a North Sea Passage now? Yeah, dude, that's huge. You know what that, That's you know, kind of awesome. Like when I heard that, like for someone who thinks about geopolitics a lot, that's excellent for Russia. That means Russia doesn't have to invade some European nations in order to get the paths and trade routes that it wants. And I mean, same thing for Canada. Yeah. Canada is now relevant. Not, not that Canada was ever going to invade the U.S. to get its trade routes going, but yeah. No, but it's like now they actually, it's like there's a reason to go to Canada, oh, you yeah. know, other than to, to mock. Society, you know it's like haha you don't vote for your senators you know <laughs> like <laughs> yeah you got prime minister blackface who's just still there yeah is, is no one going to do anything about that as, as a black man i take offense to this <laughs> you re-elected Listen. prime minister blackface <laughs> and you have the gall to call us racist okay yeah or okay. Or, or the snc lavlin scandal Whoa, what's that oh you didn't hear about that Hmm. It's a bit complicated, but basically there was this construction company from Quebec, which is uh, Justin Trudeau's like home province. Yeah. Um, and so this construction company got into a sort of a international corruption scandal because they had supposedly been bribing Libyan officials, uh, and and they'd done this multiple places in multiple third world countries, um, and they had actually bought Muammar Gaddafi's son prostitutes. Oh, I did hear about yeah, this to get. To oh, get yeah. developing rights in that, or you know, to to develop things, or to they're a developer. Yeah. Um, and uh, they were supposed to go up on charges about it, but um, Justin Trudeau for actually eventually forced his attorney general to resign because she wouldn't have the charges dropped. Um, yeah. And there was a big, big, big scandal about that, but he got reelected. I mean, there's, yeah. What's, what's there's what, some nuance to the scandal, but because what's like, with that? The scandals happen in Canada. A lot more often than our, our media likes to portray it, but nothing ever happens. Like, like ever. <laughs> What's changed? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like our media likes to think that, like, Canada is this utopia to the north of us. Yeah. Which yeah. is like, now Canada is its own place with its own problems. I mean, it's very much like America. It's probably like the most indistinguishable two countries in the world. You remember a couple of years ago when the Canadian government came out and they were like, Guys, this is crazy, but we've been committing genocide against the indigenous people of Canada for centuries yeah. now. Yeah. It's like... You didn't know? You, you didn't know, and you <laughs> didn't do anything? And now you're just going to say it and act like that makes you the good guy? I don't know, but they'll put some symbols for them on their flags and shit, so it makes it up, it makes up for it. Like, we, we, we knew for a while, we just decided not to do anything about it a while ago, <laughs> you know? <laughs> we were just like, yeah, sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, man. We came to the more practical solution. <laughs> That's so cruel to say. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Canada is like a 
strange place. Oh, have you ever been ever been to Canada? I have. I think twice. I uh, was young, but I've been there. Yeah, I've been I've been to Ontario. That's about it. That's the only part of Canada anymore. <laughs> There's no point. I actually have Canada that li- or I have family that lives up in BC. Oh, really? Yeah, I've never gone up there to visit them. Dude, but why not? It's kind of beautiful out there. I've heard it's absolutely gorgeous. Summer's just, summer's coming up. I've just never been that close with them because they live in BC. That yeah, it's, yeah. They actually live on Vancouver Island, which is supposed Dude. to be gorgeous. Yeah. What yeah. are you doing? <laughs> and when my cousin comes down, who's like a year older than me. Her and I get along, like, fabulously, but Dude. I just haven't seen her since freshman year of college. Yikes. Yeah, because she lives in BC. Yeah. She actually moved to the States for, like, two months and then went back. I guess she was feeling, like, homesick or something. Oh, where'd, where'd she go to, out of curiosity? Oh, no, she she moved here. She was living with my aunt. Oh, oh, like, like out here? Yeah, yeah, she oh. was living here. Okay. Because most of my family's from the Mid-Atlantic. I mean, my entire family's from the Mid-Atlantic. They all live in... um. Virginia, Pennsylvania, Maryland. I guess Pennsylvania's sort of the Mid-Atlantic. Yeah, it counts. Yeah, close enough. Close enough. So, I mean, there was really nowhere else for her to go. Sure. And then I think she's married now, so. Damn, yeah. But see, I only think she's married now because not that close (laughs) to her. (laughs) Yeah, dude. It's it's crazy. (laughs) I'm trying to do that quietly. There's no quiet way to open a Guinness. And... You know, you think, like, where are your third and fourth, fifth cousins? Like, how how many people are you pretty closely related to that you drive past on a semi-regular basis? And I mean, you just have no idea. Isn't it, like, technically speaking, everybody is within your 50th cousin? Like, you and I are probably, like, 22nd cousins. Is is it work, like, an exponential Problem. Yeah, yeah, like there's, well, there's, yeah, it, by, it by does. 50 increments, yeah, that would cover basically everyone, right? Well, because I think you only have to go back, it's something, it's a, it's a stupid short number of generations. Mm. Like, it's like, like double digits number of generations before the number of ancestors that you would have exceeds what the Earth's population would have been at that time. Oh, yeah. Which, there's an obvious explanation for why that is, yeah. because <laughs> yeah. everybody is inbred. To some degree. I mean, some that people is, are less inbred than others, but... Yeah, which is... Yeah, that's odd. That's the biblical implication, too, with, with Noah and the Ark, right? Yeah. He got off with basically just his family, and suddenly humanity repopulated. Yeah. I wonder which, who those... Which actually happens <laughs> twice in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. The, the entire... Like, the, the whole flooding of the world is really interesting, because that's something that occurs in multiple mythologies. Yeah. Not just biblical. Yeah. I, 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 as a Christian, I wouldn't call it mythology, but. Yeah. I, no, I understand what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, um, the Sumerian story of Utana Pishtin. He, him and his wife were the only survivors of the first flood. It, it's all around the Mediterranean, too. Like, I don't know if it's outside of there, but I read a lot of Mediterranean ones because the, um, Sumerians had one. Um, the Mycenaean Greeks had one, I yeah. think. I mean, there were a lot of people who had stories of a, a massive flood that sort of cleansed the earth. Yeah, even even going outside of continental Europe in the Mediterranean region, almost every civilization has a story of ancient, relatively advanced humans who get wiped out, and then a new generation comes from that. Yeah, and I wonder, I mean, I think it, especially if you we're really into theology. There's a lot that you could take from that. You know, there's a lot of ways to go with that. As someone who's into theology and aliens, 
I have this. No. Oh. I have this <laughs> no. awesome theory, dude. Oh, no. Okay, go for it. Go for it, Cameron. Okay. So, like I was like I was saying earlier, Venus used to have Earth-like, and I used to have an Earth-like environment, right? Okay. So, what if humanity is alien to Earth? It started off on Venus, a planet not dissimilar from Earth. We, like we're doing right now, end up with a bunch of greenhouse gases running out of control. Maybe some other disasters happen, nukes or something like that, that would mess with the, with the atmosphere. The few survivors who are left hop on a colony ship, an ark, if you will, and they come to a new land to seed it with life. I think it'll be a great short story. Isn't that a fun story? It is. It's absolutely a fun, fun story. story. I have no scientific basis uh, yeah, for it. Yeah, no, because I'm pretty sure we would have figured that one out already if it were true. Yeah, that's that's what Ted always tells me that. Yeah. You'd probably be able to find some kind of some kind of, you know, fossil record that disagrees with that. It's yeah. Like, yeah, probably. It's fun. It is a fun I think story. It's a fun story. It's I mean, cool. if you if you wrote like I would a, love to see that as a as a uh God, who's the guy who did 2012 and The Day After Tomorrow? A Roland Emmerich movie. Oh, okay. The guy who does all the disaster ones. Oh, yeah. I, he can make a Noah's Ark where they come from Venus in a spaceship. Also, I'd, I'd read that in like a Ray Bradbury-esque novel. Yeah, make a fun short like, story. Just, just fun, like, because he always did like the shorter ones, you yeah. know? That'd be kind of good. Yeah, it's, it's one that, it's one short, a sci-fi short story with this weird biblical twist. I think that'd be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, see, I'm I'm glad that you didn't go like the ancient aliens direction. No. Nah. Where you were like, how did these ancient people do this? It's like they worked for a long time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that's yeah. how they did it. <laughs> it's impressive though. Like to put together the pyramids when they did, that's impressive. But we know exactly how they did it, you know. I mean yeah. I'm not saying it wasn't fucking impressive. Someone basically worked their entire lifetime to get that built. Oh yeah. And then got on I mean then they got a nice little house next to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's thing. Like, people are under the impression that it was mostly slaves who made the pyramids. A minority of them were slaves. Yeah. Uh, An extreme a minority. minority was. It's, yeah. It was mostly farmers who volunteered because they thought this was... It was like taking part in the Super Bowl. Well, it's but, the most important thing in society, and it's happening yearly on a yearly basis. And you're like, hey, I'm going to go down and help out with that. And you also got fed, like, fabulously well. You could drink beer. They got lots of bread. They were one of the few people in Egyptian society eating meat. Yeah, dude. I mean, it, it was actually—and and it wasn't It wasn't just, like, people who were unskilled laborers. It was mostly skilled laborers. Yeah. There were, like— um, I mean, you'd need to be. To yeah. Be cutting— bricks that precisely you know? there were like metallurgists there were masons there were all types of people there who were just they they knew what they were doing and they were they were compensated well for it yeah because you got to remember in in egyptian civilization you take it all with you like the the reason the pyramids were made and were so lavish is because that's what a king should have in the next life yeah or you know essentially what they thought was a demigod yeah yeah um and I, you know, like the weird way that they do um, art in ancient Egypt. Uh, uh, go ahead, go into it. Well, I mean, I mean, you've seen the you've seen the artwork before. Yeah, yeah. Um, where it's it's always uh, you're looking at the per- person from the front, mm. where you can see both arms and both legs, but yeah. you can also see their hands sprawled out, and you can see their feet, which are turned to the side, and their heads are always turned to the side, like it's a profile. Even though their bodies are looking straight at you. Uh, yeah, that is odd. Do you, do you know why? No, why is that? It's because, and you know, I don't know how long they believed this in ancient Egypt, but there was a belief that uh, depictions of you would be what 
you would look like in the next life. So if you showed somebody from an angle where they only saw had one leg and one arm, well, then you would only have one leg and one arm. If you oh. showed them their face, um, like you didn't show their face from the side, then they wouldn't have a nose or they wouldn't, you know, there'd be some sort of issue if you didn't depict it exactly the way that it was supposed to be. Oh, that's weird. That's why their feet are always turned. So that it's yeah. obvious that they have feet. Yeah. <laughs> that is, I wonder what the, what the art classification for that would be. And what, what would you call that? There's art historians have some name for it. Yeah. Cause there was also when, um, Akhenaten rose to power. Oh yeah. Oh, who yeah. was the first, Aten, first and last Atenist. Mm. And, uh, you know, you start to see artwork that differentiates from that. It focuses on realism more. You know, you yeah. see perspective in the artwork for the first time. Yeah, dude. And then, you know, uh, Tutankhamun rises to power after him and that goes away. <laughs> dude, it's, you know, you always, you always hear that, that weird fact that Cleopatra lived closer to the invention of the iPhone than she did from the building of the Great Pyramids at Giza. Yeah, the one that we always think of, which is Cleopatra the Ninth. Yeah. And it's like, why do, when people think of, pharaohs and pharaohesses whatever the the female term is why do people go to cleopatra she wasn't egyptian she was ptolemaic yeah it's like is that really the best example of an egyptian queen we can get yeah yeah it's weird what about uh oh actually here's staying on the ptolemaic dynasty ram who was ramsey's uh sister i don't know because when ramsey's came to power he was only like five years old something like that so for the longest time his sister was like co-queen with him i forgot her name but she seems like a pretty important figure more than cleopatra interesting thing do you do you know what the um so this is ptolemaic uh ptolemaic egypt hmm. um do you know what the rosetta stone says oh, i might have heard it back in the day but uh, remind me it is the pharaoh giving um special privileges to a royal cult it's essentially ancient tax paperwork that dude that's the stuff that sticks around like as far as cuneiform and sumerian texts that we have the vast majority are people's tax returns it's just administrative <laughs> shit yeah like like their their entire counting and, and number system at least for the sumerians most of it was around the portions of food the portions of grain that you yeah. need to produce so much beer yeah, and I also saw it was like, um, which actually there's a theory that civilization started because of beer. Yeah, um, yeah, dude, honestly. Yeah, it, it's like, why would you stop eating more, uh, eating better food and living longer? To get hammered. To, it's, like, it's like, why did they start growing grains all of a sudden? So yeah. there's a lot of, and then you can see in ancient civilizations, they had a lot of beer. Like grain. And they liked beer. It's kind of incredible how <laughs> mathematically the grain works, you know? It's like yeah. you can get very specific measurements for specific effects, and you can store it in such a way that you can build an entire math system around it. It's interesting. Yeah, really no, interesting. It's, it's very cool. But I, I know one of the things with um, uh, ancient Mesopotamian cuneiform mm. is that a lot of it was just like um, receipts. Yeah. Just receipts from one vendor to another. Yeah. You know where, where we don't see a lot of receipts, interestingly enough, is um, with the British. Because um, for the longest time, um, up until like up and up until like the seventeen hundreds, maybe like people's tax returns or their their taxes were counted on sticks that were split in half, 
and then oh, have a certain amount of notches in them. Oh, I think I've heard about this, yeah. So when, um, God, was it the gun, the gunpowder uh, plot when the when Buckingham Palace burnt down originally? Well, no, 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 no. You're talking about um, you're talking about the the Houses of Parliament burnt down. That wasn't yeah. the gunpowder plot. That was that was unrelated. Yeah. When did the when did the Houses of Parliament burn down? Um, the Great Fire of London. When that happened, all of those historical tax records were lost. So oh. even though that made up the vast majority of ancient text at the time, it was all lost in the fire. Yeah, I know that's why there's like a measure of different imperial units in Trafalgar Square. Yeah. Is because they were all destroyed in the Great Fire of London. So. Yeah, this dude, so much history lost to what was an accident. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what the building looked like before. Honestly, that that's something I wondered when I when I heard that too. What did you know, what did the Houses of Parliament look like prior? Okay, the gunpowder plot. Do you know how that was foiled? Ah, I used I I used to know. Go ahead. Guy Fox, the guy that they all wear the mask of? Yeah. He had a brother-in-law who was in Parliament, and he wrote to him, warning him about it. That's how it was foiled. His brother is the biggest snitch of all time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, could have just not showed up, my dude, you know? Yeah. Maybe his brother was Protestant, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's crazy, dude. Were they Protestants killing cat? I can't remember. I think it was they were Catholics killing Protestants. I don't know. By then, I think it would have been... Anglican Protestants versus Catholics. Yeah, well, it would have been. I think I, I think it was a Protestant king in power though at the time, but I could oh. be wrong. I'm not entirely because they wanted to kill the king, but it could have been a Catholic king in power. Yeah, yeah. That being said, who doesn't? That's kind of the point of being king. Everyone wants to go for you. Yeah, yeah. Everyone wants to kill. The, eh, not. In, I mean, does anyone want to kill the crown prince of Saudi Arabia? I, I'm sure a lot of a lot of Shia militias. Oh yeah, do. yeah. And there's a lot of Shia minorities in in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, man. It's it is the Middle East is just it's just a, a mess. Well, it's a miniature Cold War between Iran and Saudi Arabia. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, with it's, many many proxy fronts to it. Yeah, it's basically. Do you believe in pan Arab nationalism, which the Iranians can't because they're not Arabs? Yeah. Or do you believe in Islamism? Yeah. Which the Shias could, but they have a lot of, or sorry, the the Saudis could, but they have a large Shia minority. Yeah, they the the they have a lot of Sunnis in in um in Saudi Arabia, but Shias. No, there's oh, there's you Sunni. know, I, oh, I thought you were talking about the minority. Yeah, they're yeah, there's there's a there's a significant minority, but the branch of Sunnism, Wahhabism, that's where you get into a lot of issues. Yeah, but the crown prince is trying to roll back a lot of the Wahhabist policies. Yeah, the I, the, the new crown prince is, is doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember the acronym they use for his name. It's like BDG or something like that. Yeah. Mohammed bin MBG? Mohammed bin Saul? Or something like that? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I know his first name is Mohammed, but so is everybody. From you remember Saudi in 2013 yeah. when women got the right to drive in Saudi Arabia? Yeah, I remember when Queen Elizabeth wasn't didn't have the right to drive. At the same time did. the US was legalizing gay marriage, Saudi Arabia had just given women the right to drive cars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They still hang people for being homosexual. It's, it is. But see, they have all the uh, all the juice that makes cars go. Yeah. So you gotta... At least we thought they did. Now we got some pretty fat reserves. Under the ocean, yeah. Yeah. We just figured out that if you just go a little bit deeper and punch the ground really hard. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's really a, man, fracking, as much crap as, frap, as fracking gets as an industry, 
They've made oil so cheap. Oil and natural gas so cheap. And also, it's made prices drop like crazy. Isn't it less bad for the atmosphere? It is. Okay. Hear me out here. Like people have a lot of misconceptions when it comes to fracking. And and hear me out here. The choice here seems to be between not hurting ocean life, which I don't want to hurt ocean life, right? Yeah, no, no not, one really does. Not hurting ocean life or destroying the entire world. <laughs> and it seems like if the entire world is destroyed, ocean life will be destroyed. It's like it's not even the world. It's like, do you want Africans to starve because Greta Thunberg says they can't use oil? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's like. Just- that's the height of privilege right there, to tell third world countries that they can't use oil because it's bad for the environment. And also it's a double standard because we used tons of coal and oil when we were industrializing. That's how we got pay. to this point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like now now that we don't need it anymore, we're like, tisk tisk. It's like it's it's like there's like it's it's like the teenage years for a country where they're starting <laughs> to really come about. They're gross. They're sweaty. There's all kinds of stuff going they're on. They're trying out cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's the dirty uh, the dirty industrial period for a country as it's starting to start up. Yeah. But eventually, you get into your better years. You're just thinking a little more clearly, thinking more long term, and you start to switch over to more renewables. You know? Yeah, exactly. And I still think that nuclear is the way to go. It is the only way to go. Yeah. Because it's like like this, we 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 do not have the ability to store that much solar energy. Yeah, we, and the nuclear plants can be on all the time. You don't need to store the energy. You got too much energy, waste it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's incredible to me how environmentalists in the last ten or fifteen years just have not at all been focusing on nuclear. I mean, I find that the environmentalist movement is often very stubborn. It's. It's also very performative. Yeah. Why yeah. does John Kerry, who owns multiple private jets, tell me that I can't drive a car? <laughs> like yeah, a, you a find your jet car. one car, one time. Covers me for a year of driving my car, my dude. Yeah, dude. Doesn't Al Gore own like multiple houses and multiple jets? I believe that. I know, I know the whole thing with Bernie Sanders only three houses was kind of bullshit. Look, when when because a, he 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 had he had his house, he had a vacation home, and then his parents died, and he inherited the house. But it's like <laughs> that's a pretty normal way to get three houses. Uh, I like my family doesn't have a vacation home, but if you're making as much money as a senator, you might have a vacation home. That is a problem, isn't it? Senators wake make. Way too much this, for the, what very little they do for society. I'm just saying, if I went into my job tomorrow and they were like, hey, Seth, you need to decide how much money you make, I would make a lot of money. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, man, isn't that, isn't that crazy? AOC goes from being a bartender to hopping into politics and then with like within a month complains that she's not being paid enough. It's like you're being paid – at least double what you were before, right? Yeah. And that's not good at enough. At least double? At least from being a bartender? <laughs> well, she was bartending in New York. Yeah, but you got to think about the cost. I, I knew a guy who was bartending in New York, and he's now bartending down College Park. The dude lived in a fucking broom closet. Oh, yeah. Like, he literally lived in a broom closet. Oh, yeah, yeah dude. It's, it's awful. Yeah, it's so expensive. Dude, in San Francisco, they have developers living like 11 people to a two-person house. Yeah. Yikes. 
I don't know why people want to live in urban environments. Like, weren't we talking? I don't get it. Were we talking about this before? You get like crazy rich in Kansas, then you go to San Francisco to live like a bum because <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're suddenly the poorest man on the block. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, like just stay in Kansas and have a big house and a nice field. Yeah, yeah. Shoot have guns in your backyard. It have, sounds way better than California. Have no one bothering you. Have reasonable tax rates. Yeah, it's like man, I mean, Kansas is maybe a little low. You know, I'd be, I'm, I'm fine with paying my taxes. You know, like what I if hate you is get, if you get good stuff out of it, of course. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Or just you know, if it's helping other people. You know, my dad, my dad's almost sixty five. He needs Medicare. He needs Social Security. Yeah. You know, if you can make the systems work without the government collapsing, I'll, I'll pay a reasonable amount of tax. Like what I hate is that the the U.S. government's like, hey, you need to guess how much tax you owe us, and if you're wrong, we'll arrest you. It's like, yeah, that's the thing, right? You you think the IRS, if they can track down people who haven't paid their taxes, you could also give us a clear number on what our taxes should be, right? Most European countries just send you a bill for your taxes. I would. They're much just like you owe this that. much tax. We have all the records. We kept the records. We put them in an, a fucking equation. Here's how much tax you owe us. Whereas in the U.S., they're like, oh. Here's the here's the equations. Figure it out. Hope you kept documents. Yeah, and that's the thing. I, I've heard, I've heard a lot that the IRS, like when they figure out that someone has a problem with their taxes, they don't immediately write to you and tell you you have a problem. They wait till that problem stacks <laughs> up until they can really make bank on calling you out. It's like I would have paid the whole thing if I had just been told what it was. Yeah, I'm happy to pay my taxes. Like, like I'm not happy. I'm, <laughs> I will pay my taxes. I'm like, yeah, that's a civic duty. I'll yeah. do it, you know? But then they're like, no, 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 no. It's like, just be honest. Just be honest it, with us. Exactly. That's the thing that I care about. You know, just tell me what I owe Dude, you. Dude, I want to, I want, on when I send in my taxes, I want a receipt telling me where all the money went. That'd I, actually be kind of cool. I want to know that this $52.72 went to missiles. It's like, I want, I want oh, to you know want exactly. That specific. I thought you just meant like military. Oh, no. no I, I want to know specifically where the money's going. Okay. I hope that some of mine went to that um, research they did on uh, squirrels. What, what was that? It, it was about would a snake attack a squirrel whose tail was wa- waving uh, versus one that wouldn't, wasn't waving. We really need a scientific experiment it's like, it's to like, figure that one out. It was like $5 million. Oh my God, We dude. also spent like $50 million building a gas station in Afghanistan, which doesn't make sense. That's literally... Oh, dude. Do you know the phrase bringing, carrying coal to Newcastle? Nah. Well, it's like Newcastle produces a lot of coal. Yeah. And so it's considered to be like stupid. Okay. Like, I think okay. we need to update the phrase by saying building a gas station in Afghanistan. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. You can just... Buy it from the guy who makes gas. Yeah, they covered that in the Vice doc. This is what winnings lo- what winning looks like. Oh, it's okay. like the amount of palms that need to be greased in order to move a single truck full of full of uh, oil all the way up to like central Afghanistan. You're paying like five times the price in bribes alone. But it must be so cheap there. It's you like think? how cheap gas is in Texas. Like gas, you can still buy for like. It doesn't go over $2 in Texas. I, I wish, dude. What happened? <laughs> well, with gas? I can tell you that. Oh, well, yeah. And stagflation crisis happened. Yeah. That's just like, man, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Like two eighty six for some gas when it was just maybe $2 tops like I mean, a year and a half ago. You, you remember in like 2012 where it almost hit five bucks? Yeah, dude. Yeah, I remember. What the fuck? That was like... 
like more than even more than the housing crisis, my family stopped taking trips or vacations or anything. It was like that's it. That's it. Yeah, we don't have the money to spend anymore. And my mom's my mom works in finance, so when the financial crash happened, that was bad. That was bad. <laughs> It's crazy. The people who legislate all this stuff, they don't suffer. In fact, when it seems like when these crashes happen, a lot of these politicians seem to know in advance and they put money into businesses that are going to benefit from that. What's up with that? Like Kelly Leffler, you, you, you know, the, the chick who was running for Senate in Georgia, right? Yeah. She, well, she had a scandal prior to that during at the start of the coronavirus pandemic, her and a bunch of other senators for whatever reason, just started buying up stock in biosuit, like biomedical firms. Hmm. Maybe they saw the writing on the wall. With privileged information that other people didn't have. There's a chance of that as well. Yeah. That's uh, kind of sus. Well, like, but or was, like, like but um, you, you know the big, or I don't know if that's what the plot, I haven't seen the big short. But there's that one guy who was shorting all the mortgage firms mm-hmm. um, back before the housing crash. And he didn't have privileged information. He just read the writing on the walls, warned people about it. He tried to tell them. Uh, they didn't listen, and so he's just like, "Oh fuck it, I can make some money off of their ignorance," you know. So yeah. he started shorting them. Yeah, these are these are people in privileged positions with information that most people don't get. It's kind of yeah. sus. Yeah, because imagine you have a top secret clearance then. Like with um, when Biden came in, he made this switch where he wants he wants like what twenty five fifty percent of all government vehicles to be electric now. I did not know that. I do. I, I what. When I say I don't follow the news, I don't follow the news. Well, anyway, well, Nancy Pelosi and, and her family just decided to put a couple million into Tesla before it happened. Oh, uh, okay. okay. It's like, it's so obvious what's going on. There's, there's like, there's a two-tier justice system. There's two classes to society. You have the peasantry, and you have those who, who lead. Can I, th- this is tangential. Can I talk to you about how weird... I think Tesla's stock is. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. They never hit their sales figures. They never hit the production quotas. They miss so many marks that would be important for a stock, yet it keeps going up. There's no reason other than people expect to keep going up. That's it, dude. It's That's... just a game, and everyone's like, Elon Musk is cool. Let's yeah. keep buying his stock. He's the funny man who smoked weed on Joe Rogan. Dude, we've really gotten to the point where a company's stock price doesn't really reflect how effective a product it is. I mean, there's, there's sometimes, a, sometimes, there, yeah, there's, there's clear, clear cut cases. Like but. Berkshire Hathaway is obviously making money hand over fist. So their stock costs a three, a third of a million dollars. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, but then when it comes to speculative investments, like, like us, look at like uh, media companies like vice or Buzzfeed, people pumped billions of advertisement money into them. Now some of these companies are being sold for like fifty million tops. Yeah, you, like you, uh, oh, you heard you heard how much Tumblr sold for, right? When I was I was Yahoo literally about them. to bring that up. <laughs> I was literally about to bring that up. It was dude. insane, dude. Yeah. It was insane. And my older sister uses Tumblr um a lot, and she was like proud of that. And I was like, you realize that <laughs> that just means that nobody gives a shit about yeah your opinion. I mean, I realize that Reddit is worthless too, and that's the one I use, but like. Still. <laughs> Dude, they sold for hay pennies on the dollar. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah, they lost so much money on that. Because Tumblr Brutal. was the thing of the future back in the day. It certainly seemed like it. Yeah, and then it just died. Yeah. Because it became honestly pretty funny. I feel like right? we live in a post-future. 
the future already happens and it sucks. And now we have to live with the aftermath of the future. Cam addresses post-modernity in yeah, this episode dude. of uh, The Irrelevance NPR. Like, <laughs> think about comedy now. Like, funny shows. Rarely is it just a comedic situation. It is a subversion of a comedic... Like, like think about the show Archer, right? Whereas James Bond came about in, in like the 1960s and 70s because it was a subversion of the office lifestyle. James Bond was the suave dude who does his job, but no one tells him how to do it. That's what was valued at the time. We get to a show like Archer, which is a subversion of the, fi- the spy fantasy, which itself is a subversion of the office life. And it's like everything that's entertainment in society is commentary on commentary at this point. Where's the where's the new ideas? Bazinga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not there a commentary. <laughs> Modern comedy sucks ass. Um no, I mean like like think about I I just feel like culture is stagnating hard. Where the most interesting things to watch now is commentary on stuff that has already happened. It's it's rough for a new original idea to come out and stick around like think about all of our I mean, if you mean if you're still talking in terms of comedy i see your point i would not say that's true across the cultural board like if i had to think of like a major one to discredit your point mm. uh, uh video games 100 percent video games they're coming up with new ideas left and right they do but the ones that make the most money are sequels to sequels. To well, that, sequels. That's, that's, that's always... To sequels. Okay, you, you know the rule in video games that the first game doesn't count. Because the first game is always going to be you're testing out the idea. Yeah. You know, it's that second game that matters. But, I mean, you still see lots of things that's like, oh, that, like Cyberpunk 2077, right? Which we did for a podcast. Yeah. I mean, had you heard of the game Cyberpunk before the video game released? Because I hadn't heard of the tabletop game. I hadn't heard of the the tabletop game i was familiar with the art style i was not i didn't know that cyberpunk existed well i was i liked glitch hop and a bunch of other weird musical things during school oh, oh, school. oh okay but I, they're still coming up with ideas where it's like i wouldn't have thought of that yeah, like, there is some cultural advancement i just think that when you're talking about comedy especially with tv you're talking about a dying media yeah yeah i guess uh maybe it extends to to some video games because what sells the most in a year FIFA 27, Call of Duty 19, yeah. Halo 7. Yeah, it's like, I, I spent $100 on the new Madden, which sucked ass. I mean, there's crazy new experiences like RimWorld, games like that out there. Yeah. That I couldn't even dream of back when I was a kid. But what makes the most sales? Same old boring shit. Madden NFL 23? Is it 20, 22, 23? It's 22 this year. 22. It, it, or 21 is the newest one. It'll be 22 this year okay yeah it's like what 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 uh what are you getting out of that yeah a roster update well it got the roster update and i got a jpeg of man who is uh quarterback for my football team so (laughs) pretty good pretty good um i could have just downloaded the jpeg for free instead of buying a uh worse version of madden 20 (laughs) <laughs> yeah it was it's literally a like madden the madden games have been regressing since like madden 16 was like dude last the best one they've just been regressing since last then. madden game i played was madden 09 on the psp 
That's the last time I touched the series. Was that the one where you could reverse? Maybe. I I don't remember. One of them put in the stupidest mechanic where it's like one play per game with your friends. You could press X and reverse the play. Like rewind it? Yeah. And it would start again. Why? I Yeah. Because yeah. that was the selling point that year? I guess so. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's it. It was so stupid. Like there used to be a thing where you can make your own team, which I thought was lots of fun. You know, you could like yeah. upload an image and you could like design it and sign the uniforms oh, in the stadium. That doesn't exist anymore. Dude, there yeah, on on like the old school Xbox and then into the 360 area era, there was this whole experiment with people being able to upload their own photos. It went terribly wrong. <laughs> like there's there was like um there was like card games or whatever where at the end it or no, no, it, it, there was like some shooters where it would reveal your face when you die or <laughs> no, no. so people, you know, everyone would just spread their asshole into the camera. Yeah. Well, see, see, I want to, I want crazy. I, I want that to come back to Madden and I want to make the uh, San Diego unsolicited dick pics. That's yeah. I mean, it was, that was it. That was it back then. Yeah. I remember when, when like, you know, when, when playing with people online, first became a thing it's like video game get companies didn't get dude how bad the internet was my god like it's an evil place never give them the ability to do what they dude, the want the things you would hear in a modern warfare 2 lobby just yeah what, free yeah. speech at its best i mean <laughs> i learned so many so many n-words and i don't think that one of the people who was saying them was oh black. dude i learned slurs that i didn't even knew existed at the time I was yeah like, this is incredible you yeah. guys are poets <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that, that's where i learned uh i'm just gonna say the c word yeah yeah for our children listening which actually if there are children listening stop <laughs> <laughs> yeah enjoy your childhood don't don't hop into adulthood too fast well, but we also brought up the words uh spread asshole and <laughs> the san diego unsolicited dick pics <laughs> that was like that was a thing like 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 bart showing his butt to adults that used to be a, a sign of rebellion now it's just weird i mean it's it's just it's weird. Un- it's uncomfortable why would it i like okay don't like here's, the idea here's, here's of a an child old prank. exposing their here's an old prank i heard uh on some podcast back in the day this guy was talking about how it was at a time when everyone had watches, right? No one had smartphones. So what they would do is they would drive their car up to another car. They'd ask, they'd ask the gentleman for the time. He would look down at his clock. When he looks up, there is just <laughs> naked ass just hanging out of the car, just mooning him straight up. And it's funny, but that would not fly in today's era. I, that's one of the ones that I'm kind of happy about. I would laugh my ass off. But it was that be... was the pun intended there. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but it's like the pranks like that you just can't get away with anymore. The innocence to the world is gone. There's no innocence to childhood. It's I like mean, straight into the gross adult world. I mean, I would say that's largely on the internet, which I know is like an old person thing to say. No, but I grew up no, watching it's definitely the internet. Yeah, fucked up things on the internet. You yeah. know, like I saw like. Al Qaeda executions when I was in middle school, dude. You know? I still things re- don't phase me at this point. I still remember the cell phone footage of Saddam Hussein being being hanged. Yeah, it's like it was so grainy, so terrible, but you knew it was something really bad. Now with a live leak, you get straight up murders in 1080p 60 fps. Or do you remember World Star? I do remember World Star. World Star, which had nothing to do with hip hop. 
I don't know why that was in the name. Did it have something to do with hip hop originally? Well, they they used to promo a bunch of uh, underground artists. Oh, all I used to do was watch the fights. Well, that's all. That's what it became <laughs> famous for. And when I, when I went to uh, when I was in high school, anytime a fight would break out, there'd be some guy with a phone yelling "World Star." Exactly. <laughs> and, but now that's just that's just Twitter. Like I remember when World Star opened their Twitter in like 2011. I was like, isn't this kind of redundant? Yeah, it it kind of seemed like Twitter just became the 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 marketplace of speech, you know. Yeah, it was sort of doing. Yeah, World Star was sort of World Star was to Twitter as, as Friendster was to Facebook. Yeah, it's like just the the way things have been funneled down. You know, there used to be so many websites. I would go to individual websites for individual things. You know, you'd go to addicting games just to play games. Yeah. You'd go to YouTube just for YouTube. Now we've whittled it down to like 10, 10 websites across the world that everyone uses. It's like, as, uh, you know, as things become standardized, they lose that fun amateurness to them where just any crazy thing could happen on the internet. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's all by the same rules in the same place. It's like... This is, it's the this same thing that happened with TV back in the day, you know, yeah. where anything could have happened on TV, but then by like the sixties, a very limited number of things could happen on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Corporatization just dries out creativity. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, standardizes everything. Mm-hmm. We should stop trying to standardize so much. Let people be individuals. You have to do it for, I mean, you have to do it to make money. Money sucks. Money's pretty great. It's only great because it allows you to be free. But wouldn't the freedom itself be better? I don't see this allowing me to be free. I, I don't think that at all. I like the stuff that it gets me. But yeah, but... Like, I got a really nice new hat, you know? And money yeah. got that hat for me. You know? it's I mean, Money imagine, is pretty great. Imagine being born so ridiculously wealthy that you didn't ever have to worry about money. The only thing you would enjoy is the freedom to use it right you just wouldn't think about it as much yeah but see kim i was born um so incredibly middle class uh (laughs) (laughs) that all i think about is money because that's how middle class people think that is yeah that's the nature of the middle class yeah middle class is anxious and money obsessed yeah that's is that healthy for humans is that a healthy way to live your life constantly concerned with something that's totally out of your hands in terms of value it's not totally out of your hands. I'm sure when I spend a dollar, it has some splash on the market as a whole, but I don't know. Look at people's retirement funds just melting away. It's like, yikes. You really worked 50 years for that to be the end? Yeah. Yikes. You got to keep working, though. You know, I mean, that's the sad truth of it is it's what they if say that happens. Wait for the markets to recover. But then, I mean, I don't want to live my life based on the whims of the market. That sounds like a gross capitalist future I'm not interested in. And I love capitalism, but I'm not interested in living by some billionaire's playbook. doesn't I mean, work for me. What's your other option, Cam? Find some island, eat coconuts, and <laughs> raw crab. I don't know. Cam, if you do that, I'm going to buy a boat just to drive hey, by. I'm gonna- I could always go to California and just be homeless there. Make the same amount of money and still be homeless. And you'll save them, save me the money on a boat. I, I was just going to say that if you do that, I'm going to walk by with, I'm going to come by with material possessions. You got to come like, through, mm, but you will so have good. to step on my poop. 
<laughs> we'll have to step on your heroin needle, you know? God. Dude, you've seen the, the, the poop cleanup maps for San Francisco, right? No, I have not. There's there's no other color on the map but brown. It's the in whoa, whoa, there whoa, has for not the poop cleanup map they chose brown. Well, they they have a little poop dot that they put down little you know like a little pin in the place of where a fecal yeah, a just, fecal sighting occurred. If if I <laughs> if I was make was it the official government that made it? Oh yeah. In fact, they I had, would choose any color but brown. They had to hire like twenty people and pay them one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year. Rather than the citizens of the town just not taking shits everywhere. I mean, for $120,000 a year. Oh, in California, <laughs> that's basically like six bucks and Seth, a hand the job. The way to stimulate the economy shouldn't be coming out of people's ass. Let me say that much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, hey, that's sort of the uh, labor theory of economics, you know? I put labor into it and therefore it is valuable. <laughs> I, I guess. I guess. <laughs> Fecal politics or fecal economics is my favorite. <laughs> Dude, I got to show you this video called The Worst Truck Stops in China. Have I, have I ever showed this to you? No, but what a weirdly specific mojo video. Seth, you think the, the, the truck stops in the U.S. can get bad? I have no idea. You have not seen madness, my friend. <laughs> I told you. I told you about when I was I was at the Forbidden Palace, you know, the old home of the emperor, and I saw this this woman take her kid out of the stroller because the kid was crying, unbutton his pants, and he just dropped a deuce in the middle of the <laughs> Forbidden Palace. What the fuck? And I'm like, really? Think really? A hundred years ago, you would have lost your head for that. I thought China was all exotic and cool. Was it's, it's the health standards over there, man. It's gross. You you ever seen an Indian highway? <laughs> Fucking insane, dude. It's like a game of Russian roulette. They got people just sitting on top of pickup trucks. Dude, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just and not, not like not like one or two guys on top of a truck. Like fifteen guys. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen just, it, if there's a crash, they all fucking die, and I guess they come back as a cow. Yeah, man, that's there's like there's a lot of just lawlessness in small in the small towns over in over in the east, dude. Yeah. Like people, like it's 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 crazy to me, man. It's crazy to me. Like when you see China, you see footage of Shanghai and Beijing, all this high tech stuff. But the reality is so much grosser. Which is so weird because South Korea and Japan are nothing like that. Immaculate. Yeah, sparkling. Everything you know, is clean. Futuristic cities everywhere, <laughs> dude. It, it, like one of the, is there like visual ASMR when you watch something that's very pleasing? I like watching the the Japanese businessmen walk across a crosswalk, and it's just like it's like an army practicing their march. <laughs> it's so perfectly synced. It's like that's that's how a smooth society could run. H- have you ever seen Lost in Translation? Mm-mm. Uh, it's like a Bill Murray movie with uh, uh what's her name, Scarlett um, Johansson. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson. Okay. Yeah, um, where they're like in Japan, and you know, but it's like it's so isolating to be in a culture that's that different from your own. Yeah, man. Yeah, you'd have to feel like all all kinds of an outsider. Yeah, it's like it's like I can't even speak to people, and when I do, it's like if if I could communicate with them, I would make so many cultural faux pas that would be unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's that's a that's a that's a thing you know where there's some cultures where if you even try to speak their language you have to do it perfectly otherwise people are just going to be pissed at you i've heard that about french oh yeah absolutely they don't like when people bumble through french sentences but also they don't like it when you uh speak to them in a language that isn't french yeah (laughs) (laughs) see i don't speak french dick yeah whereas whereas in germany they're completely fine with that you can speak to them in bad german you can speak to them in english they don't care and it's very german to no longer be concerned with nationalist things (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's like do you see that a lot in the u.s do people get mad when someone speaks English poorly? I, I honestly, I mean, I I've never witnessed it. I've like heard stories, but it's like when somebody speaks to me like they're like, like I work with several people who English is not their native language, mm. and some of them are less good at English than others. Let's say, but like I still appreciate that they're making an effort to communicate with me in a language that I understand. Uh, oh yeah, I I appreciate that a ton. Yeah, cuz a lot of them their native language is um Viet Vietnamese. Mm. And it's like if they try to it's like your English is way better than my Vietnamese. <laughs> like I don't like all I know is Ho Chi Minh City. Dude, my grandfather still speaks some Vietnamese. Oh, really? Being over there during the war, yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, wasn't your grandfather in some like some special division? Yeah. No, we'll leave it at that. Okay, okay, yeah. we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. No, not getting too personal with it. But the Vietnamese is a very interesting language. How you can tell it stemmed from Cantonese. Like Chinese is the Latin of Eastern Asia. Like from Chinese, you get the basis for a bunch of other languages. Like if you if you take the characters of Chinese and the linguistic tones and whatnot of Korean, you get Japanese. It's a mixture of of the two, kind of. Hmm. When with with Vietnamese, you can really hear those Cantonese, a lot of Cantonese words slightly shifted and with one extra tone. So I can hmm. I can hear the difference between Cantonese and Vietnamese, but I can tell Vietnamese stemmed from Cantonese. Wait, so I thought you spoke Mandarin. I do. Okay, but you just sort of, it's related. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with the regional dialects. And okay. you can kind of see how it all stemmed from one mother language. So like Man- Mandarin is to Cantonese as English is to German. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay, that's cool. That's neat. I guess that should have been obvious, but... I don't know. I, I've always had this this ear for languages. I can hear a language or see a language and kind of know what I'm looking at. Okay. Not, not translate it, but I have, a, I have a good eye for other languages and cultures, I guess. I mean, I can tell what Korean versus Mandarin versus Japanese look like. So many people can't, which is crazy to me. Like, the people, there's the stereotype that all Asian people look the same. I'm like, you are out of your mind if you can't tell the difference. Yeah. At least between the national groups. There's so many different ethnic ones. That's that's a whole other issue. Dude, there's like 52 Chinese ethnicities. But people That's who, too many. You can't tell the difference between someone who's Japanese or someone who's Vietnamese. Really? Yeah. It's like one one is way more tan. Yeah. It's not even racism at that point. It's just laziness. Yeah. It's like, read, read a fucking book. I mean, <laughs> like, to not be racist and to not notice what race somebody is. Yeah. You know, it's like you can like you can recognize what race somebody is and just goes and just go, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like I recognize you're black. I don't make any assumptions based off the fact that you're black. 
it, that's other than your last name doesn't make sense. That's but we're not like, going to bring up your last name. People are really out here saying color blindness is wrong. I'm like, behold, the whole principle behind what Martin Luther King was saying, right? That to judge people by the content of their character, not the color of their skin, is so clear. It's so clear. How could colorblindness be a bad thing when you're only seeing someone for the person they are? Yeah. How is that bad? That's, that sounds like exactly what we wanted in this country. Like, I feel like the, the height of race relations was like the mid-90s. Oh, yeah. I'd say like the 80s. You'd see people who 90s. are black. You'd see people who are Asian. you see everyone in movies and TV, and it wasn't something to constantly obsess about. And I, I feel like the 80s especially, because it seemed like the era of, I don't care if you're black or white, the only thing, the only color I care about is green. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. The 80s was decadent, you know? Oh, yeah. And if you could, if you could make money, well, I don't give a fuck what race you are, you yeah. know? <laughs> like <laughs> It was like there was like a... A cultural gold rush, you know? We're like, we kind of made it. We don't we don't need to focus on such petty differences. And now it's all everyone can focus on. Oh yeah. I mean to I, the point I, where people will reject objective truth to get whatever racial messaging they want out of a situation. And also like if you look at the end of the um the end of the Occupy Wall Street movement. It, it, it on the Google Trends, it lines up perfectly with when racism started to be used <laughs> yeah. far more commonly. Yeah, so and I gotta pause for one minute. Okay, I gotta. And we're back. We're back, folks. Okay, Seth, got one for you. My notes. I think Syria will be the next Spanish Civil War. It's been an opportunity for Russia and the U.S. to test out a whole bunch of new military weapons, just like they did in the Spanish Civil War. And depending on the outcome of the, the Syrian war, it's going to set a lot of precedent for the future. Yeah. The conflicts we're going to see. That feels like a pretty broad thing about civil wars that have the interest of major powers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I it mean, certainly seems like it's setting the stage a lot like... The Spanish Civil War did before World War II. But there's not going to be a World War III. If there is a World War III, it'll be over in a half hour. See, the thing is, I, I don't foresee any nuclear exchange ever happening. But yeah, I'm think, think about this. Like two, two standard nations like the U.S. and Russia, they're not going to fire missiles at each other. Yeah. What you, in terms of nuclear attacks, what you should be worried about is some rogue terrorist cell getting their hands on some depleted uranium and then stuffing it into a briefcase with a brick of C4. That's the most dangerous nuclear event you have to worry about in your life. Yeah, but also, like, the difference between the difference in magnitude between those two things is staggering. Like, a, a nuclear yeah. exchange between Russia and the United States is the end of pretty much all life on Earth. Whereas... Well, the northern the norm, northern hemisphere is going to get wrecked, but the, no one's launching nukes at South America. The weather events will kill South America. Yeah, I mean just just the radiation radiation reaching South America. It it will depends cause everyone on, to get so ill. Well, it depends on the magnitude of the exchange, because there's like there's like full on apocalypse where and then there's limited exchange. They launch just everything, or there's a limited nuclear exchange where a couple major cities get taken out, and it's enough for people to be like, we don't want to do this anymore. This is a really stupid comment. Doesn't it kind of feel like exchange is a bit of a weird word for that? It kind of sounds like sharing is caring. 
a nuclear, a nuclear exchange. exchange you know? And yeah, oh, we're we'll having exchange. a nice. <laughs> come by for tea later. We're having a nice little nuclear exchange. <laughs> oh, we'll exchange some of our nukes for some of your nukes, and then we'll both have nukes. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's a pretty neutral word for something that is incredibly terrifying yeah. in reality. It, like nuclear strike makes way like they but they always in a uh, you know a serious context say exchange. Yeah, well, well the nuclear strike. You generally expect that to be one place that's been hit. Yeah, that like there was struck. a nuclear strike in Atlanta, you know. Yeah, but a nuclear exchange—that's just code word for for doomsday. Yeah, for everybody, for, for nothing surviving. Yeah, I mean, I doubt there'll be a limited exchange. The Soviets no. were always banking on the idea of a limited exchange. Well, the problem is that nuclear technology has gotten really, really good just within the last twenty years, to the point where we have nukes with such low yield. That if you weren't specifically looking to detect radiation, you visually could not tell the difference between that explosion and just a really big bomb. And I mean, there's also the Chinese developed those supersonic missiles. Yeah. Which massively decreases your detection time. It's like from a half hour to five minutes. Yeah. It's, it's getting to the point where the cost of a nuclear exchange with the really miniaturized nuclear technology is making it so that the threshold is getting smaller and smaller. Will we ever go past that threshold? I would certainly hope not. And I don't think it's in the interest of any nation to do so. But when you're all out of conventional ammo and, you know, backs to the wall, what are you going to do? But that's why there hasn't been a world war in, was it 80 years now? Yeah. 85 years. It's just not possible anymore. You Globalism know? has made it so that our, our economies are so intertwined that it'd be really bad move to yes, do that. We go to war with the Chinese. I mean... The Chinese just lost all their buyers, and we just lost all of our producers. Yeah, it's not really viable for either of us. That being said, in the future, I do expect there to be exchanges between like special forces units across the world. There's going to be shadow wars that we've never heard of, you know? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Just as there is today, but this time it'll literally be a shadow war because they're using active camouflage technology. You seen this stuff? I, I was the one who showed it to you. It's it's yeah, it's straight up real, dude. Yeah, it's it's an invisibility cloak. I mean, it pretty much like out of Harry Potter. Yeah, and it works. Yeah, it just it, it bends the light around you. It's insane, dude. Dude, it's cool. I I I know that I can't get my hands on it. But fuck, I would like to get my hands on it. Dude, just what the, the technology we're hearing about the the military, like like whatever we hear that they're experimenting with now, it's probably been in the works for like 20 years. So like this this whole technology where now instead of being issued goggles or just normal goggles to block the sand, you're gonna be given a like a visor that acts as in as a augmented reality portal, essentially. Just like Google Glass. You That's know, cool as know fuck. know how Google Glass works? Yeah. It's going to be like that. Except you're going to be able to identify friend or foe through that. Oh, it's going okay. To make, yeah, Warfare is going super high tech. You ever play, um, what was it, Tom Clancy's Advanced Recon? Uh, no, nah, the only one I played Advanced was... Advanced Warfighter, whatever it was back no, in the day. Only one I played was Rainbow Six Siege, and cool. I suck at that game. Well, dude, the plot of, uh, I think it was... I think it was Advanced Warfighter, whatever it was called. The plot was that in 2014, there's a massive migrant crisis, which leads to a border wall being built with Mexico and the U.S. special operations running forces against cartels. This is a game that came out in 2006. Okay. It was, I mean, Tom Clancy, uh, like as a, as a military writer, 
It's predicted a lot. That's that's come to fruition. Wait, so is is Tom Clancy a military writer? Yeah, yeah, he was a writer. So he's like Sid Myers. He's a real dude. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah. Uh, I don't know if Sid Myers is still alive, but Tom Clancy died like three years ago. I, I, yeah, I don't actually know anything about Sid Myers other than he is a real dude. Yeah, yeah. Tom Clancy. He wrote Splinter Cell. He wrote Advanced uh, Ghost Recon, Rainbow Six. He's written like probably fifty books. Oh, oh, he was an author. Yeah. I think yeah. Sid Myers was just like a dude I, that worked on the game. He may have served too, but I don't know. I just know he was like a huge military author. Okay. See, now I want to kind of look into Tom Clancy. He wrote The, the Hunt for Red October, I'm pretty sure. He's written a bunch of really good military novels. I don't know what The Hunt for Red October is. You haven't seen the, the movie with, uh, God, who's the Scottish dude? O'Connor, uh, Sean Connery. Oh, Sean Connery. Yeah. Yeah. It was him as like a, is either a Soviet or American. Um, no, he was, he was, he was a Soviet captain. I don't know. It's a, it's a cool movie. Hunt okay. for Red October. Like one of those classic war movies. I'll check it out. Dude, that's a genre that we haven't seen in a long time. The, uh, the high tension submarine movie. That's not some, I haven't seen, a, yeah. I haven't seen a film like that in a long time. The only one of those. So is that what the hunt for Red October is about? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Cause that, I know there's also Das Boot. Yeah. 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 I think that that takes place during World War Two. This yeah, is this is more of a German Cold sub, War, more yeah. of a Cold War kind of thing. Okay, though Das Boot is good. It's a good movie. I've also not seen Das Boot, but I've heard that living on a submarine is terrifying. Oh, something something about submarines is very appealing to me. I wonder what it would. I've always wanted to trip on either a spaceship or a submarine, either in the open expanse of the you know the galaxy or crammed as tight as possible <laughs> under miles of water sounds like the wrong place to do that dude imagine everything you could hear with all the echoes from the crew it would be crazy yeah it'd be terrifying it'd be sweet <laughs> <laughs> granted i've always wanted to fly planes so yeah dude i think that'd be great that's like a life goal of mine is to fly it's like pretty much the only thing if i made a bucket list that would be on there i got to fly a cessna um maybe like seven, eight years back with an instructor, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, <laughs> but it was, it was, it's fun, dude. It's yeah. loud. <laughs> you definitely should wear some ear pro while you're out there. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Dude, do you follow uh Kentucky ballistics on YouTube? Dude, he's, well, he's a, he's a gun YouTuber. He's 50 cal exploded in his face. So how much of his face is left? All of it. Dude. He's fine. He was you know, not fine because, um, one of the internal pieces snapped off because um, on the Sir, you ever seen those Serbu fifty cows, the one shot fifty cows? Well, you put the you put the ammo into the barrel and then you screw in some pressure cap onto it and then close it shut like a shotgun and fire. That cap is rated for like fifty thousand psi. Apparently, they, he used he used some um, he was using slap ammunition. And it was some oh. older, it was some older round that was way too hot. Apparently, it reached pressures somewhere needed needed like somewhere around eighty thousand psi. And that cap flew backwards, cracked his orbital, and just dude, it is a it is a miracle he's alive. So one of the internal pieces snapped off when the cap was flying backwards, lodged itself. Like in in his lung, causing his entire right lung to collapse, as well as slicing his like, his like his his neck open. What the fuck, dude? Crazy, crazy stuff. 
I got, I got to send you that video. Yeah, you, after. Yeah, send it to me. <laughs> he's, he's a cool dude, man. He does some really, some really dope stuff. But it is a miracle he is even alive to say any of this. Do you remember FPS Russia? Dude, you're talking about the car when he blew up that car and no. the door flew at him. No, well, yes, that was cool. He was fucking he was violent, this close to, fucking. <laughs> to being vivisected. But, but, uh, no, I'm talking about. Do you know why he stopped making videos? Oh yeah, because yeah, uh, <laughs> came through on a drug raid. Yeah, because he ordered uh, what was an ounce of dabs off the dark web. Yeah, and now he's not allowed to own guns anymore. Uh, not smart when you live in like. Georgia, Kentucky, or wherever he was. Yeah, I think it was yeah. Georgia, and he had a fake Russian accent the whole. Time. When I was a kid, I legit believed that that was a he was Russian, dude. Yeah, he he's two personas. There's FPS Russia, and there's FPS Kyle, and Kyle is just a dude with his own with the with the podcast PKA. You ever, I didn't know that. I didn't know that you had a podcast. Yeah, Painkiller already with uh, Woody's Gamer Tag, um, a bunch of a bunch of old COD YouTubers. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, man, they get they get some. Some pretty high-profile internet guests on there. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, get the F Kyle. It's weird to even call him that. Kyle yeah. is just a normal Southern dude. Yeah, he just really loved guns, and then loves guns, weed, and girls. Which I can't, I can't, I can't disagree with that. I don't like weed, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> switch out weed for beer. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's yeah. They, when when he. What I was talking about with the car door is he shot Tannerite inside of a vehicle and the vehicle totally went up and the door, dude, you can, if you slow down the footage, you can see the door come off the, the vehicle, start tumbling at him at like a billion miles an hour. And he is, I'm not, I, I'm not even kidding. He's eight inches away from being vivisected by this door flying towards him. Eight? It is within a foot. Yeah. I, the, he's got to have a, he's got to have shoulders longer than eight inches, dude. He was so close. Wow, it's yeah. I I think he didn't exactly stop doing the crazy stuff after that until the arrest. But that apparently, uh, according to him, that was a big change in his life. It's like I got to be a little more careful. Yeah, it's sort of like one of those. Oh wait, shit! I'm not invincible moments. Yeah. Yeah, that and the 50 cal exploding in your hands is about as bad as it could be. Yeah, like there's that one guy we know who shall remain unnamed for the sake mm. of his privacy. And I feel like you might already know where I'm going with this, but who uh, put a 45 in a clamp and then took a hammer and a nail and set it off and can't feel the middle third of his leg. Yeah. 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 That's, that's fucking crazy. That's a bad idea. Yeah. He still can't feel the middle third of his leg to this day because he cut a nerve. Bad idea. Yeah. I knew the guy in high school. He was full of bad ideas. <laughs> he was a good guy. But... <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I don't know. I've only ever gone shooting maybe three, four times in my life. You got to come out trap Never shooting with me sometime, man. Where do, you, where do you go out here? Uh, I go to PG Trap and Skeet. It's okay. great. They have these like sports skeet things. Where um, I loaned uh, my card out to a friend recently, but I can grab it back because it's my card. Mm. Um, and you buy clays for it. I think the clays cost like I think for um, it's, it, it's it's like enough to do each stand four times. There's twenty stands. Okay. Um, so whatever the math is there, because I don't care to do it. Um, fuck, I'm going to do it. 160 rounds. It costs 20 bucks, and then you can buy two rounds uh, or two cases. 
two boxes of ammunition, which is 50 rounds in total. Okay. Um, for 40 bucks. So you go out mm. there, um, and you can spend like pretty much all day, like four hours okay. just walking around skeet shooting uh, nice. back and forth and no one watches you. There's no like instructors or anything. They assume you know how to shoot a shotgun, um, which I do. Uh, I've been shooting since I was pretty young. Mm. So you just sort of, um, yeah, you shoot all day. It's a lot of fucking fun. Yeah. We, we should go out sometime. I got a, um, 870. Uh, dude, nice. Yeah. And it's. So fun to shoot all day, man. Dude, shotguns would be new for me. I've never shot rifles and pistols before. When they ask you, have you ever shot a shotgun before? What I need you to say is yes. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I will show you how to shoot a shotgun. It's not difficult. (laughs) It's kind of like every other gun. It's yeah, it's kind of like any any other gun. Dude, there's always there was this argument in the 90s that playing video games may turned you into a serial killer, right? That if you play Doom, you're going to end up like Eric and Dylan, and you're going to shoot up your school. That's why I've killed so many people. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, in terms of learning how to operate firearms, some video games aren't that far off. If you, in a pinch, had to learn how to reload some weapons, some of them, not, not that far off. They don't teach you very good weapon maintenance, though. No, no. They teach you really shit weapon maintenance. Actually, Far Cry 2 did a really good job with weapon maintenance. Oh, did they? You do need to take care of your guns. Because the last thing you want is to be in the middle of the African bush when you're FAL jams. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> See, that's why you got to take care of your guns, folks. Oh, no. Dude, they had, they had like, like three, I think it was three or four different jam states to the gun. And by the fourth jam state, if you don't run some kind of repairs or stuff on your weapon, it will explode in your hands. That will actually happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, every time I go shooting, Not fun. every time I go shooting, uh, I clean my barrels afterwards. Um, and then every third time. Well, you I don't c- want that residue to sit. Exactly. And then it gets so much harder to clean. Yeah. It's like later that day I go, go ahead and clean it. Yeah. Um, and then every third time I clean it internally. Nice. So I clean the chamber and everything. Yeah. So it's, you know, take care of your guns and they'll last you a long time. Yeah, man. What do you think? Uh, Cause you got to pay all kinds of tax stamps and stuff over here. What do you think a, a fully auto AK cost in Somalia? If you were to convert to American currency, how much do you think it would cost you? A bullet. <laughs> as much as you paid for a bullet now in America. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean like, you know, just go up to the dealer. Oh yeah. I, I see what you mean. <laughs> it's Somalia. Do what you want. I've, I've always been wondered what, what prices are like in war zones. How much does it really cost to get well, but, an AK in the middle of think, Iraq? Think about how difficult those supply chains have to be. You know, like there's yeah. going to be a lot of costs accrued just by how expensive it was to get the weapon to you. Yeah, but some of them, like, like a, you can find Lee Enfields in Afghanistan that have been there since World War II. That's true. Know? But do you want to fire that thing? Because that's how, you're taking how, a risk. How well has that thing been maintained? Yeah. In the desert sands Dude, for a hundred years. Have you ever seen the Afghan, I think it's called a Jazeel? They were these massive, massive homemade rifles. Yes. Have you ever seen those? Yes, I have. They're yeah. kind of beautiful. They are actually like gorgeous. Each, each they one do is... so much like tribal artwork on them. Yeah. It's like, wow. Dude, so like, I, I, I know this is a weird comparison, but in Star Wars, the sand people have the gaffy sticks. You know, the <laughs> stick they beat Luke over the head with and they knock him out. Yeah, it's okay. It, sand people... In Star Wars, I, I didn't want to draw the comparison. I'm just saying. I mean, but listen, the, I, the, I didn't make sand people. Okay, George Lucas, <laughs> George Lucas is the Islamophobe here. Okay, not me. I, 
I don't think he's an Islamophobe. No, I don't. No, that's, that's he just, just grew. He grew up in I think Sonoma, California, to totally rich parents. He's just this. This is a dude who has no real world yeah. interactions with yeah. anyone else. You and know? Star Wars. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> but but anyways, the Sand People, the Tuscan Raiders. Uh, each of their their gaffy sticks, their weapons is. It's all custom made, and each one has its own inscription and history to it. Oh. The Afghan Jazeel is a lot like that, where each gun, you can, you can tell by the markings on it who the owner was, what conflicts they brought this to. And it's, it's insane, dude. You'll have a weapon from the 1800s still in use in, like, 2021, <laughs> and it's working absolutely fine. Like They really, really do take good care of it, then. Dude, they take good care because these are like this is passed down from father to son. Oh, okay, you know? so it's like it's like a heritage thing. It's yeah, like you're gonna take care of this gun. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like a a knight receiving his father's sword. You know, it's like I know if I got my father's guns, which he may or may not have, um, I I would take good care of them. You yeah. know, yeah. So it's 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 very interesting, man. In the Kyber Pass, have you seen some of the replica AKs they make in the Kyber Pass? No, I have not. Dude, some of them are like only single shot and you got to pull the bolt every time. You have to pull the bolt on an AK? Yeah. What? Yeah, but the the recreations, it's like some of them almost look like a, if a child were to draw an AK, like a like a gun drawing I would have had in my middle school notebook. <laughs> it looks so janky, but somehow they put it together and it works for them. See, if I worked in the legal department of Armalite, I'd have, <laughs> You'd have a field day going, over going, there, going, going to the Kyber Pass being like, um, well, actually, that's a copyright infringement. Uh, Jesus, yeah. So I'm going I'm to have to serve you now. And then they kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I hope, there's, I hope there's a day within our lifetimes where you could go on vacation to Afghanistan. Because it's, oh, yeah. it's a beautiful nation, man. I, I've there's seen some, pictures of it. It's gorgeous. There's some really beautiful history there. It's like it's just a an area that's been locked in conflict for 300 years. I mean, straight actually, before almost. before the Soviets invaded, it was a fairly stable. I mean, it wasn't like great. Yeah, but it was stable. You know, yeah. that's why I always say like dictatorship is preferable to anarchy. For yeah, for a lot of people, it is. I mean, you know, I'd, I'd say for because at least someone's telling the hospital to work. Exactly. Someone's exactly. telling the food to come in. Yeah. Or it's it's even it's not even that. It's like I'm, it's just that like it's not someone's not going to show up at my property and shoot me dead. You know that yeah. that's what makes it superior. Yeah. You know there is a police force. You know there is a military. Yeah. Whereas the current like so Afghanistan and Iraq are getting better, which is good. Which is great. Yeah. But like Libya, look at Libya now. It's a three way civil war. Dude, the slave trade is back in Libya. In Libya. Yeah. If you yeah. ever wondered how much a human being costs, it's about four hundred and thirty dollars. That's a really there's for an entire human life. That'd be a steal on a gun. Okay. Yeah, but they're they're flipping people for that in, in Libya right that's now. That's so how, fucked up. How bad the civil war's gotten there. Yeah, it's like that. The Muammar Gaddafi was preferable to that. Muammar Gaddafi wasn't good. He was no. preferable to that. Not and yeah, not not good man, but much better than the alternative. Yeah. It's like Saddam Hussein. It's like, oh wow, you tore down Saddam Hussein. What's your fucking plan? Like, because you realize that Saddam Hussein was clearly an intelligent man. Yeah. Like he managed to combine. He managed to make a coalition um, of just the right people, grease the right hands to keep Iraq together. Dude, Iraq, which is a feat. 
Iraq in 2000, and I think in the year 2000, had the fifth largest military in the world. Yeah, they tried to they tr- they tried to go toe to toe with us in symmetrical warfare. Uh, it did not work. No, even oh, remotely. God. Oh God, no! It's like yeah, but you're still a Middle Eastern army. You have no organizational structure. Dude, I to think what goes on. for the I just I watched a video on the Bradley IFV a couple days ago, and for the 2,000 Bradleys that were sent over during the initial invasion, something like 20 were taken out of that only three had casualties it's well, like we 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 were faced with like sixty thousand bmp nines and i'm like and uh they're using the old t85 right or whatever whatever yeah whatever the the tank was the old soviet tank yeah the one that couldn't aim down bro they they couldn't get a shot off it it it's one of the swiftest military victories I can I can think of in history. Well, it's because it's like you've corrupted the worst part of your government, which is your military. You yeah. Know? Like, <laughs> oh God, yeah. It's like that's the worst part of your government to become corrupt. You know, dude. That's that's what really holds back these Arab militaries is that there's so much conflict on the inside. You know, there's this there's battles for influence when there's battles with the enemy that need to be fought. It's it's like the same thing that happened with the Japanese Imperial military. You yeah, know? Man. It's it's when you when you go up against a military that is not corrupt in any way, that is entirely based on merit, which I'd say that the US military in terms of the US is the closest thing to that. Yeah. You know? It, it you you're just fucked. I mean yeah, you that really was, just are. That's part of why we were able to to defeat Saddam so easily in the opening engagements. Yeah. Because our, our army was full, was only volunteers. Yeah. And it was only people who wanted to be there. And his his army would retreat so quickly. <laughs> they would take minimal losses and retreat. Yeah, some of them crumbled before they ever engaged. Yeah, I'm sure. Because, dude, is it, is it really worth it to go toe-to-toe with the Americans in yeah. their full power? They have, they have missiles from the sky that you can't even see. Yeah, dude. Like it's terrifying. And it's uh, yeah, that that terror. America that's we we talk about Islamic terror against Americans. How often do we talk about American terror against the rest of the world? The fact that a you can hear just a slight buzz in the air no matter where you are in the world and the Hellfire missile will take you and your family out. Yeah, it's like there's 1.2 drones per Yemeni citizen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's that's that's t- that's kind of terrorism. Yeah, You're using fear to influence political change in countries. Yeah, no, I mean we. I mean, do you, do you know about how many we 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 bombed several weddings? Which one wedding was oh, too yeah. many? Oh, several yeah, dude. Um, weddings, hospitals. We 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 bombed a children's hospital. Yeah, I'm hip, dude. I'm hip. It's like uh the the this old meme that was on sort of like right around 2015. Um, it's now like a six year old meme, which is weird to think about. But uh, it was it was always something that uh, at the, the punchline was encouraging you to Google Obama ninety percent. Uh, it was uh, when we yeah. saw one that said, "Did you know that Barack Obama donated ninety percent of the uh, income he made while in the White House?" Uh, seriously, Google it. Google Obama ninety percent. And when you Google Obama ninety percent, what comes up is ninety percent of the people killed in Obama era drone strikes were civilians. Yeah, dude. It's something like two thousand five hundred people just extrajudicially killed. Just on a whim. Yeah, I understand why they Barry, hate us. Barry signed his name off on the paper, and suddenly someone and their kids and their wife just disappeared. Yeah, I, I would hate us too. Yeah. It is. Did you just call Barack Obama Barry? Uh, yeah. That's, <laughs> I'm 
that's fire. I'm, t- yeah. I'm stealing that. It's like if you called Bill Clinton Billy. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I should a president be doing that? No. If, I'm a libertarian. You know my opinion. No. Yeah. Like if I, if I became president, my number one concern is sorting out the economy and healthcare for the Americans at home. Yes, one hundred like, fucking percent. That comes before any extrajudicial killings. I don't care about the fucking <laughs> Middle East. It was a it it was a mess before. It'll be a mess after me, dude. The Sykes Picot set the Middle East on a path that cannot be averted. But in fairness, the British and French did give them very nice straight lines. They they are pretty lines. They are nice and I'll straight. Give them that. <laughs> I mean, completely ignored the the ethnic divisions and seventy years of civil war, but the borders never looked better. (laughs) (laughs) It's like that country is Jordan. I know that. I can tell because no other country looks like Jordan. The the Trans Jordanian expanse, like that was that was such a such an interesting term, Trans Jordan. What was what was regular Jordan before? Yeah, it means it's changing from Jordan to to Trans Jordan. What, What was the was there a smaller Jordan before? There's like a Jordan, Jordan, Trans Jordan, and then something has to come after. Otherwise, that doesn't make any sense. Greater Jordan? That's when Jordan. Oh, that actually, <laughs> yeah, that would make sense with the kingship they put in place. Actually, yeah, Greater Jordan. Yeah, I could very well see that being a British province. <laughs> <laughs> Greater, I mean, they already call it Great Britain. Yeah, Great, Great Britain is called Great Britain because it's the largest of the British Isles. What do you think was was the best era for naming conventions? When it came to it comes to imperialist powers. Oh, when it okay, so when it comes to like location, yeah. I mean, I kind of loved like the and you know obviously a lot of other problems with this era, but the scramble for Africa, I think where the, the British just gave things random Brits, fucking names. The Brits did a good name, a good good job with some of their names. Yeah, Rhodesia, Siam, Siam, that kicks ass. Yeah. Like kind of that's kind of awesome. Also, Rhodesia is so fun to say. Rhodesia, yeah, dude. Swaziland, Swaziland. Now it's uh, now it's Estwani, right? Uh, yeah, Eswanti, Eswanti. Yeah. Oh, you hear about what the Czechs want to uh, be called now? No, uh, I think it's uh, it's either Chechi or Chechia. Oh yeah, I think I think you did mention this. Yeah, yeah, they they. It's sort of like a mixed thing among the population, mm. but it's like you don't call it the Federal Republic of Germany or the French Republic. You just call it France and Germany. And they're like, yeah, why does everyone call it the Czech Republic? Just to differentiate you from every other Balkan state <laughs> no one knows the name of. <laughs> but the Czechs aren't even Balkan. Yeah. They're not yeah. Balkan. They're nowhere near the Balkans. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't make sense. That is, yeah, that is odd. Yeah, they're... They, and we associate with them with the Balkans. They're not on the Balkan Peninsula. No. They're north of Austria. Yeah. That's they're next to Germany. <laughs> yeah. That is an odd naming convention. Yeah, what did the um I'm blanking on what the French called Vietnam. What what was that? Um French Indochina? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of cool. French West Africa. I mean it's super disrespectful to everyone who's not <laughs> Chinese, but <laughs> Indo- Indian China. <laughs> That's so perfect for the time. It's, it's so imperial. We can't be bothered to it's, learn what you're called. You're somewhere between Indian- this and this. <laughs> we know that India's around and China's around, so you're Indian Chinese. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the most imperialist name I can possibly think of. 
Not to mention that include Viet- Vietnam, Laos, and Cambodia. Yeah. All three of them. They're just like, yeah, that's one country. Yeah. Fuck it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> and we're surprised there's so much border conflict to this very day. Yeah, the French and the British did fucking all of it. <laughs> to be fair, what else did they know at the time? Their empires were mostly successful. When they took a place, they cut it the way they wanted it, and they named it what they wanted. Well, they really cut it around the resources. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it was... Which, it was yikes. It was... an imperialist ventures existed basically off the old mercantilist idea. It's like, gather as many resources as possible to make the most money as possible. Yeah. Which then America came along, which was the capitalist idea, which is like, why don't you just pay them for their stuff (laughs) (laughs) imagine that yeah it's like what if we gave them money in exchange for things which is bold it's bold to decide i a i could just pay this guy rather than just killing him and taking his land that's a i find it weird that you find that a I find it weird that you find that a bold decision. Every, every time Cam goes to the market, you know, he goes to the grocery <laughs> store and he's like, I guess I'll pay for these apples. Very bold. Well, if, you, if, you think, if you think about the standard of empires before, you just kill and take whatever you want. You do. You do. Yeah. America was kind of like, what if I gave you gold for it instead? Yeah. What if, what if we just... Is your life not worth more than gold? <laughs> <laughs> so just show up and be like, hey, man, you have something I want. I have something you want. Just want to, you know. <laughs> it was, yeah, it's a kind of libertarian approach. We come to a, a free agreement between two free individuals. Yeah, which is great. I mean, it's increased the wealth of the world massively. That being said, like, like when it comes to the origins of American slavery, it's not like Europeans were stomping around in the African bush finding slaves to just take. No. No. It was other African nations enslaving their enemies. They went to war. They would take slaves from that war. They would sell them to the Europeans. And Granted, they didn't realize the, how bad yeah. European slavery was. Yeah, they didn't know it was something you could be born into. It was it was more of a, print, a prison sentence that you and, served. And also, it's like, in Africa, slavery was a lot less bad yeah, than, it was, than in America. There was a lot of tradition around it, you know? Like, it's it, it's it's like the... It's not all that different from the concept of debt. You know, if if I if I say break your car or yeah. something and I'm willing to work back the 15,000 bucks that your car cost in exchange for you housing me. That's not a bad deal in itself. Yeah, it's indentured servitude. But when people can be born into that system and can't escape it, that's when you have a real problem. Like Kim, I I got to I, I want to ask you this. Like I I bring up that I'm Irish. More often than I should. Um, <laughs> where is your family from? Other, don't name a whole continent. Uh, New Jersey, <laughs> Florida, <laughs> Florida. Florida I guess. Like, there's so many people that have had like their heritage stolen from. Like, I'd be interested in you taking a DNA test just to see, like, oh yeah, where in Africa is your family from? Actually, my mom's my mom's been doing a ton of like genealogy. Yeah, looking at ancestry.com and stuff. But she can't get behind. What one with your last well, name? You're gonna find a lot of people who aren't black. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you could take a DNA test. One, the Mormons will baptize you. Which oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That's what my dad says. He's a conspiracy theorist, but um, so it might be bullshit. I don't know. 
Um, but you know, he says like, oh no, it's a front for the Mormons to baptize you. And I don't want to get baptized by the Mormons. I'd love to get <laughs> baptized by the Mormons. Yeah. What, what if they're right? You know, like, cool. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. I'll go to Mormon heaven. Uh, I'll just wear the magic underwear. Um, it's, it is, but, it is the latest phase of Abrahamic faiths, right? You yeah, have, you have Judaism for out of Judaism came Christianity as well as Islam. And then out of base Christianity, you split into Catholic and Protestant. And Orthodox. And Orthodox. And then out of Protestantism, you get a whole bunch of weird variants. And eventually, you get to Mormonism. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like the fourth book of the Bible. All right. You have the Talmud. You have the Bible. Then you have um, the Quran. Now you have the Book of Mormon. Yeah, That's well, your four Christian texts. Really. There's some comedian that described the um, Torah the Bible, the Quran, and the Book of Mormon as uh, uh, Jews, Return of the Jew, Revenge, <laughs> of, the, Revenge of the Jew, <laughs> Jews in space. <laughs> Dude, who, who said that? That's I have perfect. no idea. That's I have no so idea. good. But Jews, Jews Return of the Jews, <laughs> Revenge of the Jews, Jews in space. <laughs> That's actually brilliant. I'm kind of mad I didn't come up with that. That's yeah. so good. No, but I, I'd be interested to see, like, what your DNA is because you get to be baptized by the Mormons and then we get to figure out. Yeah, dude. I, I would guess probably West Africa because you're probably kind of dark, but you're not like Congolese dark. Yeah. So yeah, probably from like Ghana or somewhere. Yeah. Or Nigeria or something like that. You know, dude. Well, let's go get rich in Nigeria. Lagos is popping off. Lagos is going to be one of the richest towns in the Southern Hemisphere in the next 40 years. So what do you think about the Biafra Revolution. What is that? When the uh, what are the three ethnicities? The uh, the Igbo tried okay. to break away from the rest of Nigeria and form oh, their own yeah. country called Biafra. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it was an interesting idea. I think I think it would have been more successful than Nigeria. And yeah, as as it stands, Nigeria has like a very Christian West and a very Muslim East. Well, no, it's sort of like a Muslim North and a Christian South. And it's so there's three major ethnic groups, the Igbo, the Yoruba and the Hausa Fulani. Yeah. The yeah. Igbo are Protestant, the Yoruba are Catholic and the Hausa Fulani are Muslim. The Hausa Fulani mainly live in the North. Mm. The Igbo live in the South um, East yeah. and the Yoruba live in the Southwest. Yeah, most most Nigerians I know are Igbo. A lot of them came from Lagos province. Most people who come over here are Igbo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's, and that's what made me think about it. The Biafra revolution, that whole area wanted to break off and create its own country, which it may have been more successful. It makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. I guess I mean, you, if you look at Europe, like who lives in France, it's the French. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the beauty of the French imperialist model is that as an ethnicity, French, like French as an ethnicity, does not imply any color, because there was a bunch of of black black colonies who eventually African colonies who eventually became French, and they see themselves as French to some degree, like but, Algerians. But also walking around must, m much of Africa, if you're white, you have to go up to people and tell them, "I'm not French. I'm not French. I'm insert what you are." Yeah, because they do not. Because the French were brutal. The French were brutal. You know, it's not oh. like the English the the, you know, the English were not nice, but they weren't the French, you know, or, the, but the French weren't, uh, 
not the Dutch. Who what? Who was it? Uh, King Leopold. Uh, the Belgians. The yeah, the Belgians. Belgians. The Belgians were. That's as bad as it gets. They were so bad. That the rest of Europe was like, okay, you have to hand over the Congo now. Yeah. You have to actually yeah. give it to the country you control because you're horrible. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. So bad. The Belgianese Congo. No, 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 no. The Belgianese Congo was the one that followed it, or the Belgian Congo was the one that followed it mm. under. So, do do you know about the whole thing that happened with that? At the Conference of Berlin, they gave um, the the Congo to um, Leopold II of Belgium, not to Belgium, to Leopold II of Belgium. Oh, they gave it to the man. It was called the Congo Free State, which is like jumbo shrimp. <laughs> it was not free. Um, oxymoronic. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, and and he was just horribly cruel. And so eventually they decided it's like okay, Leopold. You no longer get to have the Congo because you're cruel even for the standards of the day. And they made him give it to Belgium. And that's when the Belgium Congo was better. Marginally. Marginally better, yeah. You didn't get your hands cut off because you didn't collect enough rubber, you know? Dude, you ever seen those those videos of of like the African kids who work on the, the cocoa plantations tasting chocolate for the first time? No, I've not. They don't know what it what it is. They just know they harvest the nut and it goes somewhere. That's so weird. So the, the fact that they've never tried a Hershey's chocolate in their life is just crazy. You, you should watch the videos of them trying it for the first time. Yeah, I've seen the stuff about like... They're like, it's it's so delicious. All the suffering's worthwhile. <laughs> oh, that's cruel. So no one ever. It's sort of like Nestle had to put like all of the child labor-free chocolate Dude. they had into making the Kit Kat. Yeah, Nestle's, Nestle doing some sus stuff over there dude not just with the with the chocolate but with the water too oh dude they just steal they straight up steal water from third world countries <laughs> it's, it's insane dude they just straight up steal it this is just a company that you think about happy chocolate candies you know you heard about the thing with um uh um baby formula right oh god no where is this going in third world countries nestle's would um they would hand out free trials of their baby formula, like the artificial milk. Uh, and the free trials would last just long enough for mothers to stop naturally lactating. Oh, God. Yeah. So they'd stop naturally lactating and then they need the baby formula. Dude, that's so devious. Like, wasn't it wasn't it Johnson & Johnson who made the talcum powder that was giving a whole bunch of women cancer? Ovarian cancer? And yeah. This- like I I I, rem- I remember seeing talcum powder just around at the store all the time. Is it not there anymore? Pro- I probably still is. I mean, I I used to use it all the time for rashes because I don't have ovaries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it's hindsight is twenty twenty. That's that's the that's the sum up this podcast episode. Yeah, folks. hindsight is twenty twenty. Hindsight's twenty twenty one. I guess. Yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty one. Actually, that's imperfect vision, but yeah. <laughs> that's being farsighted. It's like, yeah, there's some, you know, try to live your life as best you can. Don't worry about things too much. But yeah. make good decisions. Don't go caving alone. Don't overpack your 50 cal rounds. Don't watch the news. Yeah, just just stay away from all that, folks. Yeah. Go for a, go for a walk. Have a good time. Yeah, go for a walk. <laughs> worry about your own shit. Get a get a dog. Yeah. Listen to our podcast, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And with with all that said, uh 
Stay, stay, stay safe out there, folks. Yes, this has been uh, uh, another episode of, what is it, the Devious Duo? The Dastardly, the Dastardly Duo. Duo. The Dastardly Duo. I'm an idiot. Oh, man, I got to come up with a, a graphic for Dastardly Duo 3. I'll, I'll help you with it, man. Yeah. I'm sorry, I've just been, I just, I've been so busy with work. No, it's all, it's all good, dude. Okay. Throw around some ideas. All right. Uh, stay safe, folks. Stay safe. Peace, y'all.